Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup live from Dakar. We're well, not quite live because this is pre-recorded Sunday evening, but going out tomorrow. But I'm in Dakar live from uh, the very... Oh man, on the spot. Exactly. As it's Sunday, I mean, how is it in Dakar? I mean, it's nice that because um, I mean, it's Sunday night, and of course, I mean, Sunday. I mean, just oh, oh, just hold on a minute. Oh, oh. Mm. I knew you. You're mm. so predictable. You're so oh, that's a lovely red. That one. What are you drinking look tonight? Dakar lanyard. Look at this lovely Dakar lanyard. Yes. Uh, and were you drinking a nice drink there? Well, I really enjoyed my fizzy water tonight, my sparkling water, fizzy water. So much. <laughs> anyway, we move on. We, we so how was Dakar? How was Dakar this great team? was amazing. It was an amazing, uh, courtesy of Audi UK. They brought me out here and uh, uh, it was just a bucket list, uh, sort of dream come true, really. Not dream come true, that's a bit over the top, but uh, it was something I've always wanted to, to do and see. But, but I mean, you're there with Audi and yet I noticed the only thing I saw you posting on social media was a film of a truck. <laughs> the truck. You seem very, you seem very excited by the trucks. trucks. We're just crazy. These ten-ton trucks, four-wheel drifting into a corner and then just skimming the rocks, which is their apex, their their curve, <laughs> and then just doing that over and over again. Nine thousand kilometers in in two weeks. It's just not just the trucks, the bikes, the cars, the lightweight. I know, I know, I know. It's just. But how how close did you get to this incredible Audi machine? Did you sort of get to look inside it at all, or was it? Yeah, I mean, literally to touch it, feel it, look inside it, the the whole shebang. So it was quite. I was surprised at how um, gracious they were in letting anyone, not not just the Audi, uh, yeah. but anybody, sort of get. Very but it's intriguing. So, so it's got a two-liter turbo engine that runs quite a lot of the time to charge, the all-electric drive. It's an amazing bit of science. But, but how much fuel does that need? Does it, it takes quite a bit of petrol to do the Dakar. Yeah, because they're in this slightly different class, um, they're in the main class as well, which is what they wanted to win, but they're in a yeah. slightly different class as well. So they uh, they get 350 up to 350 litres of fuel a day, whereas... Oh, even they have 350 litres. What does what a Toyota use then? A 500, day? up to 500. 500. Yeah. Well, they start with a 500 litres in their tanks. That's a yeah, I don't think the Audi, they wouldn't tell us it's a sort of well-kept secret, but the Audi, because it's a two-litre engine, only a small engine, which charges the batteries all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. It's only, it's only revving at 5,000 RPM. And you hear it on the videos going by, and you just hear it, it's sort of constant engine, because it's like a sort of a, a constant velocity transmission, isn't it? Because it just sits at one RPM all the time. So it sounds really weird when it goes... Can you hear the electric fast. motors when you when it goes past you for real? Do you hear the electric you motors? Do hear or... some whirring. You do hear some whirring, but not not much. We only saw it go past once uh, in yeah. Um, yeah. So so it, it went the past. one survival it was only one poor out. Yeah, I felt yeah. so sorry. I mean, they were favourites, and you know well, the car was amazing. But I mean, Carlos Sainz. I mean, what a legend. I mean, I don't know how old is he? He's about fifty. He must be fifty-five. Getting on for oh, six. I don't 60, know, but sixty. I mean, he's broken his shoulder, he gets in the helicopter and then, no, no, I, I want to try and finish, you know, and fly me back and get in the car. And he's out there fixing suspension, lying in the... I mean, just, I, I take my hat off to him, you know, it's, amazing. It's that because it's Carlos, and I, I agree with you, you know, world-class, one of the best drivers ever, but it's not just him. The, the, there are so many unknowns that are doing that on a daily yeah. basis. And the, the, the spirit of Dakar is just phenomenal. Yeah. We saw a guy today getting towed back 
on, on a uh, motorbike and he's covering his face because the, the quad that's towing him is just kicking up this rooster tail of dirt. He's covering his face. He's broke down. And I said to one of the drivers afterwards and they said, how can you expect to do 9,000 kilometers in two weeks and not help your friend or somebody else in the yeah. do the last 100 kilometers and give them a tow? And it's, and it's like it's, I've saw, I saw people in quicksand, uh, biking quicksand and some guys in a Can-Am uh, stopped got out and helped him out of the... Yeah, they do. I know. They all help each other get through. Absolutely. There's a lot of rain again. I'm out in the desert, but it's cold. But what was the temperature like today? It looks cold and rainy. Everyone's got anorex on. Yeah, yes, they poured down. Today was a little bit better. And and we think, well, Audi think that that was a, a big contributing factor. They didn't set the car up really for rain. Uh, they wanted yeah. the soft, soft sand. So, um, um, Did you have any update? Um, of course, the other Audi that retired was Stefan Peter Hansen. I mean, his co-driver was injured. Were any news on his injury update? Was nothing yeah, too serious? Out of hospital, not too serious now. Okay. So, yeah, and, and they're all raring to go. They're already planning 2024. So uh, very upbeat, very, very uh, positive about 2024. But I think for me, I mean, um, Nasser Altair, uh, but uh, amazing. Um, yeah, he's... But, well, that's his fifth win now. He's had that's his third with Toyotas. So he's he's won it with a Mini and he's won it with a Volkswagen. Um, so he's he's had three manufacturers and uh, he is the master of the desert. You know, he, he lives in the desert. Say and... that, but look at Sebastian Loeb. I mean, you know, not taking any. Yeah, yeah, Sebastian I agree. Loeb. Probably just, the start. The, I mean, you said it beautifully yesterday on Twitter that that after day uh, day two, <laughs> he punches, shoulders up in the air. <laughs> My, my my race is finished, and then he was <laughs> ages in a row. But then Thomas, it's the same happy or sad, isn't it? It's, it's, I have three punches. My rally is over. And then two weeks later, yes, I win the stage. I, I'm up to second place now. He's got the same voice, <laughs> whether he's got a record number of wins. I don't know who, who won the stage. Then did he win again today? No, he didn't. Did he? That no, he didn't. Um, Frenchman in a in a pro drive thing yeah, won. Didn't didn't, he? It was never going to be one. Well, it was never going to be extra. I think extra was second stand the Audi, wasn't he? I think he finished the last he day did. second. He did, yeah. But okay. he ended up fourteenth. The best Audi fourteenth. I was. He was six hours and fifty one minutes or something behind the leader with all those trials and tribulations they had. Yes, but hats off to, to NASA though winning again. Sebastian probably the driver of the day and that Hunter. Um, do, you think Sebastian Loeb, do, do you think Sebastian Loeb is literally the best driver ever? Because we talk about Formula yeah. One all the time, and that seems to be how yeah. we how we say, you know, Senna, Schumacher, Lewis Hamilton, Verstappen yeah. are the best. He's but absolutely, he's absolutely up there because he, he jumps in the Le Mans car. He was on the pace straight away. You know, I mean, he's just one of these all rounders that can. You know, we'll talk about the Monte Carlo rally at the end of the program because that's what we're looking forward to next weekend. And of course, a year ago, he finished the Dakar. Flew back to you know one week gap from finishing the Dakar where you now where you are now to being in his rally car and winning the Monte Carlo rally. Yeah, it was just stunning performance. Stunning. I heard a lovely, heard a lovely little um, uh, story analogy that the Formula One boys get a thousand times to perfect one corner where the rally guys <laughs> get one time to perfect a thousand. Yeah, corners. and it's, yeah. it's so true. Uh, you know, I I think I got. I've always had great respect for these sort of drivers anyway, but uh, when you watch these rally drivers, but but really we sh should be looking, me, when I say we, should be looking outside the box of just the Formula One drivers to say who is the best driver in the world because these guys are just phenomenal talents. They really are. And Kyle Larson. I'll come to him in a minute. NASCAR oh, driver. We'll mention him when we come to news in a minute. We will, but don't forget the other, um, other category as well. The, the motorbike category had to be the most... Yeah. 
um, 10 stuff many years. I mean, as of yesterday, I think there's three seconds separating um, the top. It was 12, 12 seconds of top. They were teammates. And poor old Toby Price, the Aussie, he got overtaken today on the final day by his Argentinian teammate, Kevin Benavides, who won the bike section today by 43 seconds in the end. So he overhauled a 12 second deficit to win by 43 seconds. And that is after a total. I mean, as the other running, because they had the regulation running to get to their state, the stage is about three hours long, but they also have to do about six hours sometimes driving too. So that was after 44 hours of the, the time sections, not all the riding to and from the liaison lengths. After 44 hours of competition, he won by 43 seconds. Imagine that's like two two Le Mans twenty four hour races or something to win, and that's over sand and, and going through mud and rivers, and, and they fall off. And they all they've all fallen off at several stages and got that's unbelievable. That's, that's the difference between having a pee and not stopping for a pee. Uh, let, me yeah. a, let me tell you a little story on that because when they get to the soft sand is when they can actually have a pee because they, they don't want to stop unnecessarily. Especially yeah, yeah. So when they get to the soft sand, they've got to lower the tire pressure to go over the soft sand. That's their opportunity but to have a jump. Pee. But, but of course, for the ladies, it's you know, quite difficult. The, the mm. ladies in the event, they've got to take their whole race. Yeah, yeah. And then we could just untick it, or if you want to pee, uh, nothing else. But it's all these little things you've got to think about as well. But um, I, it, it really was an amazing experience. Uh, yeah. I'm just on the bikes. The, I mean, the third place guy was only five minutes behind. And he was quite a Skylar House, this American. I don't know if you saw pictures of him, you probably didn't see, but he's got the most amazing handlebar moustache it was a wonderful huge yeah. like proper old twirly moustache so yeah he was third of the bikes but we have of course sam sunderland our british our champion last year you know out on the first stage off to hospital with a broken shoulder or broken whatever it was well we so were it's in the, an incredibly hard event i know it is we were in the paddock club although those bikes just just crazy guys uh in the nicest possible way but we were in the paddock club watching all the uh winners all watching all the participants uh finishers come yeah through. And we didn't see a single British flag, which is really sad. Oh, no. Uh, Argentinian flags, because, of course, it went to Argentina between 2000... Oh, sorry, South America between 2009 and 2019. Yeah. So there's a huge Argentinian contingency. Massive <laughs> Spanish as well. The Spanish seems to love doing it. Didn't French. Didn't see any Spanish flags. Didn't see any... No, French. but there's plenty of competitors. Yeah, didn't see... And we were there for three hours watching all the finishers come through, which is... There's so many other winners, which I haven't researched. There's the quad bike winner and the, the little funny... Category threes and category fours, buggy things, winners. Little young kids from Poland, I think, won the, the TS fours. American ones, TS threes. Um, and the, the, the motorbikes, these these um, do your own service bikes, the privateers that fix their own bikes. I mean, all these the guys winning out front, you know, they got they arrive and go to bed while the mechanics rebuild their bikes. But it's, you know, I don't know who won that. But again, there's this you know self driving category. There was the classics going through. There's so many other winners we should know the names of them. But I'm used to see some of the photos of people finishing and just the joy and the, just getting the finishers medal for doing it. It's just quite an event. So are we are we going to truck next year? Then is this you, are we going now? The love cars um, truck. Which vehicle are we going to go in? I, I, I think if I had to pick one, you'd want to pick the the one of the you know the Audi RS Q e Tron or something or the Toyota, <laughs> but the trucks were pretty mega, I have to say. It's just, there seemed like so much power in these things. Uh, really good to see. Physical. I mean, you see the damage. I'm a friend of mine, actually, the truck, Paolo Brillant, a racing driver, a big friend of mine. And um, there was one road that was just sort of rubbed. This was in South America, I think. And just the vibration of their crash helmets. They were just doing this. Like six, 
<laughs> they eventually cheat. They took their crash helmets off at one stage, which would have been disqualified if they'd been seen because they were just six hours. <laughs> and you see them landing. It's, it's horrendous. I mean, I'd never do it. I mean, don't invite me because I will say no. I mean, it's I, just. I, we did see, which was just so funny to see. So we're cute. So after the stages, for those who don't know, after, when when they finish or after the stages, then they drive on public roads to the to the. Uh, Park Ferme or what it will, um, or, or the paddocks, um, yeah. and and it was about half an hour drive from the finish to to um, the the paddock, the assembly area, and um, and we're all stuck in traffic coming off the motorway going through this city and uh, Dan Man, and then um, we're stuck in traffic, traffic lights, mm. and, and these buggies are just going off off onto the pavement. Please, him, they don't care less. No, don't worry about red lights, and they're just cutting them. It's right. getting through. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Um, but um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll I'll do it in a, a car if I ever did it. Certainly not a <laughs> or a quad bike. Fair play to those guys. Maybe a camper. <laughs> right, let's go on to news then, Tiff. Um, uh, let's go on to some news. There's quite a bit happening. Do you want to kick <laughs> off with um... Max's meltdown? <laughs> oh, blimey, it's all kicked off with Max again. He's gone. He's had a proper proper meltdown now. For those of you, you need to do a. Uh, 24-hour Le Mans, virtual Le Mans, uh, all proper, all arranged by Le Mans. He was it, doing it. They were leading. He was halfway through the race. When, he uh, has gone crazy about it because uh, they had two alleged cyber attacks um, and yeah. they didn't know whether they whether they lost laps or they gained laps. And yeah, they get dis- red rules of it. If they're disconnected in a certain way, you get your lap back. But then the way he was disconnected, he didn't, apparently. He talked about... They prepare for three months to do this. I mean, it's incredibly skilled. A lot of racing drivers' names come up. You know, I think, was he teammate with our autosport winner? I think and he's, it's just amazing effort. But he well kicked off to the organisers, effing and blinding him. Just unbelievably upset by it all. Yeah, he, he really was upset. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, yeah, it's tiny, tiny text on this, but um, we're... we're uh, I'm going to write this once. It might get deleted, but who cares? After five months of prep to fight for a title, I mean, it gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> this is just a disaster. The long, uh, you know, just really, really says that it's awful because it gets disconnecting and it was glitching and it, and it didn't sound like it was particularly good. So, um, yeah, so Max, another... I think, I think the war in Ukraine is a disaster, Max. I think you're... Um, you're <laughs> uh, Max What's being paid a money to do this probably isn't. Oh, is he really? Is he paid? Ah, oh, he must be paid by the sponsors. That that's my my virtual Le Mans. But it's amazing how serious they all take it. I mean, it's it's a major industry now. There are people it, earning money racing. Huge, absolutely huge. I said you should get on a sim, but they they do take a bit of get, getting used to. I, do, I did a charity once. These kids were. I was trying to stay. I couldn't do within two seconds a lap. It was driving me mad. <laughs> techniques, chopping corners, knowing what you can get away with, experience. You know, they've played these things all their lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back in the real world of Formula One, then we finally have a Williams uh, uh, top man, uh, James Vowles, has come from Mercedes, been inside Mercedes. Been Mercedes for about 10 years, I think, through all the good yeah. times, but uh, come up to the ranks, and uh, apparently Mercedes happy to let him go. So uh, with Joss Capito, of course, was uh, open, the, the door opened, he was pushed out the back door a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, James Vowles, the new man running um, Mercedes. That's interesting as well. And another thing was interesting, Williams... Running, is, running Williams now. Williams, yeah, exactly. But um, it's interesting with Williams that Golf, as in G-U-L-F, uh, the very famous uh, McLaren sponsor, are looking to be the sponsor for 
the Williams car as well. Which oh, I that's guess... interesting. I heard some stories about watch out for our colours coming soon. So I think uh, it might be the Williams. Yeah. Because uh, they were on McLaren, weren't they? Monaco. Like, no, it's Martini went to McLaren. Well, no, that was Golf. Golf were on McLaren, Golf weren't still, they? Golf was still signed with McLaren, but to provide certain oils and lubricants. But I don't know whether they're, they're officially... Oh. McLaren car. That'd be great to see those colours. If the Williams is going to be in golf colours, magic. <laughs> Do you think they'll move away from the blue and white? I guess they'll have to if they're golf, won't they? Or they'll just have yeah. some... Yeah. But that's... that. It's, the inside track is that it's a done deal, but... Okay. Um, heard no that. other news than F1. The other news I've got is Carl Larson, my NASCAR boy, which I'm always talking about. So Carl, who I always said he's a natural talent. I've told you this, he does dirt racing... He's got a deal to run Indy 500 in 2024 from his team owner, from his Hendrick, his team owner. So they, they put it in a McLaren team, fourth car, McLaren team. And he's even hinted that he doesn't want this to be looked at as a one-off. So he's obviously got ideas of, um, of doing more IndyCar. Um, but he's also one of the drivers, it's been done before, that on the same day as the Indy 500, there's a famous NASCAR 600-mile race down at Charlotte. And uh, I think Kurt Busch was last to do it. And they try to do both races. He is going to also try to do both races, do the Indy 500 and jump in a helicopter and go down to Charlotte and do another 600 miles in a NASCAR. I mean, 1,100 miles of competitive racing if it works out. That's crazy. So, I wonder what the most uh, distance ever driven in one day is. Not um, competitive oh. racing and driving. is. Well, it, there was a Nürburgring 84-hour race. <laughs> in the 50s and 60s in saloon cars and touring cars. So I don't know what the... I suppose you, when you run out of fuel, you've, you've run out of time. But um, Well, good luck to, to number five, Kyle Larson. Will he be number five in both races? Well, I doubt if he can get that. That's no, because the number five is the team owner's number. So it's very much owner's numbers in this car. Wow. Yeah, OK. I didn't know that. It's good Good to know. Um, there was some proper racing this weekend with Formula E in Mexico. A surprising amount, not just Formula E, but single-seaters kicked off in the Middle East, just up the road from you. These these kids, these children coming out, we'll come, we'll come to that later as well. But, you know, aren't they, aren't they back at school at the moment? Aren't they supposed to, January, isn't that school time, I think, back they're at school? Children, they're young drivers. Well, 15 and 16 are for them. 90, 90 young drivers, 90. We'll come to that later. Come to that. Let's talk about Formula there? E. Okay, let's come back to that in a moment. Formula E. Um, yeah, Formula E. So it's the all new Gen 3. We talked about it last week. And, you know, will it be any better? Will it be any different? I told you to try to keep walking. Give it another chance. Well, I've given it another chance. <laughs> and it's not much different. I mean, actually, the cars are a lot friskier. They've got a bit more power. They're lighter. They look like little arrows. They still look a bit weird. And they've got these wings, the awful wings out the front, which I'm sure one did get knocked off in the race or mentioned. Um... So they were quicker, or well, they maybe not lap times, because the hand-cooked tyres are a bit harder. So on their own, they look quite fun to drive. But the race was just a procession. They're all just, you know, because they've got to, you know, regen. But well, apart from Bristol out front, with Jake Dennis, the Andretti driver, just blew them all away. I mean, he qualified second. When he got in the lead, he could just pull away. So he was able to lap using the same energy all the other drivers for Andretti. So that was good news for Andretti, trying to get into Formula 1. They're winning Formula E. Um, and it's just great to see Jake Dennis win. He won it so easy, the canter in the end. And he's one of these drivers that sort of, how did he get that? Because we were talking about, you know, um, Nick DeFries coming back to, to Formula One, you know, having been a star. Well, I mean, Jake Dennis was one of these kids. You know, in 2012, he was the Autosport Young Driver Award. So that's 11 years ago now. He was the star of 2012. He won a Formula Renault Championship. Yeah, he finished third in the Formula Three Championship in 2015. Um, 
in a championship, interesting, the names of that year. So he's the odd one out here because he came third. Felix Rosenquist won the Formula 3 championship and now an IndyCar star. Antonio Giovinazzi was second, who went on to be a Grand Prix driver. A certain Charles Leclerc was fourth, one place behind uh, Jake Dennis. Uh, in fifth place was some bloke called Lance Stroll, whose uh, daddy bought him a Formula 3 car. In sixth place was George Russell. And in seventh was Alexander Albon. Wow. So the seven drivers that finished the top seven places in the 2015 Formula 3, you know, Jake's the old one out that seemed to get lost. It's, it must be so frustrating you like him that you've seen these other, your colleagues, you know, going up the ladder. Um, but anyway, he sort of drifted off, didn't get another drive when he finished third in, in 2015. He started doing the LMP2s and GT and DTM. And then he became a Red Bull simulator driver and Aston Martin simulator driver. Um, and I don't know how he then got the Andretti drive, but he suddenly got the link to go and drive the Andretti Formula E car two seasons ago. Now, since his third season with Andretti now. And he won two races at WC, won one race last year. But that, that first win in, in Formula E two years ago was his first single-seater win since 2016. So he'd gone like six years without winning a single-seater. You must think, you know, I'm just going to be a GT driver. But he's now earning considerable sums of money. That's a great thing about Formula E. It's giving these kids that didn't get the brakes, didn't get into Formula 1. And maybe, after Nick De Vries, maybe Jake Tennis will think, hold on, um, I'm just winning for Andretti in Formula E and um, Andretti wanted a Grand Prix team. You know, he may well be dreaming that he could be an Andretti Grand Prix driver in 2026. Absolutely. I think it's a fabulous story just for that. And that's what Formula E does give. Some of these drivers, they're earning a lot of money. But I mean, the, the noise what was it like droning on? around. It's terrible. The sound of the tyres seems louder this year. They're more squeaky, the tyres. You've got that amazing Mexico, the other sort of round where it used to be a football stadium, I think, the incredible grandstands. And it was full up again, like in the Brilliant. Formula One. They must charge a dollar for entry. I can't it's believe they spend much what, money. I but care what they charge. Great to see the grandstands full. Yeah, always good to see grandstands full. Yeah. So it wasn't that exciting. There was, there was a good battle for third. Uh, Pascal Verlein came through for second, the Porsche. But Lucas Degrassi was um, struggling for grip, but he, he held up this trade of cars. Including Jake Hughes doing really well, making his debut for McLaren, who was running fourth. But nobody could get by Degrassi. Degrassi just was a roadblock. It was a train. And of course, with these open wheels now, the old sort of dive by barge pass isn't quite so easy to do. Um, so they just couldn't get by. They couldn't move me. He would sort of <laughs> break really early and regen, regen, regen when he could and hold everyone behind him with his elbows out. Then when he got to the straights, he had enough power to keep ahead of them. Um, so he did well. So anyway, JQ's finished fifth. Other Brits, Roland, 13th. Tictum, 17th. Sam Bird retired. Um, poor old Robin Frins became the first person to break a new nose on the opening lap. But he also broke his wrist at the same time. He went to the back of a car in front. Um, and that's been, I broke my arm. My only, my only breakage in my whole racing career was breaking an arm. Because you, when you hit something, when you hold the steering wheel, it kicks the steering wheel. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm... A lot of drivers, you know, let hands off the wheel before you hit the wall. So I hope Robin will get his, his wrist broken, cured as soon as possible. So it didn't look much different. It seemed very similar. Well, and then, I mean, it's driving me mad. I mean, I went to the website to try and get some results, which seems so hard to find. And I started looking at the way they advertise it, you know. And it's, you know, it's one of the headlines on their website is 45 minutes of 200 mile an hour entertainment. And when it explains, I tried to find out the new regulations, so I looked at how it explained the formula. And even then, it said, you know, 
races in excess of 200 miles an hour in the races. Now, I know that thing's capable of doing 200 miles an hour down a 20-mile runway or, you know, it's not doing 200 miles an hour. And mm. I think it's when they, when they throw these things at you, it makes you more anti the formula. You know, they sort of, it's hyping things that, that they, don't they produce. produce. It's, you know, it's just, I think that doesn't work. I think their website people should just back off a bit, you know, just back well, it's on the website. The mar marketeers spinning it, isn't it? It's a, yeah. yeah. But that's a blatant lie, you know. They're not going over 200 miles an hour in the races. Yeah. You know, the car might be capable of it, but, you know, they're not racing at Indianapolis or Daytona. So um, who who won? What manufacturers looking good? Well, it's Andretti. So I don't know, but they're all the same chassis. You know, it's just all you do is your software and your motor. They got some of them got different motors. I think I don't know. He's got Porsche range. The Porsche engines were doing quite well. What Maybe about he's Cupra? got Porsche engine? Sorry, Cupra. Cupra are bad. They were down the bottom. Abd Cupra. Be nice they like, because I think they're the only ones that probably give us an invitation to a event. <laughs> well, they're about 15th and 16th, I think. We so love Cooper. Good is it actually it's a very good looking car? They all look the same. Well, it's a nice livery. Well, I'm saying a nice livery. It's a very nice, nice livery. All right. All right. So 90 young drivers, not children, young, 90 yes. young drivers kicked off uh, the winter single seater season. Um, so this is, this is going back to the females we talked about, women in racing. And this is why there are no Formula Grand Prix drive women in Formula One. Because and it's down to the parents. So there's 90 drivers. There's, there's, there's the Formula Four Championship, 160 horsepower, UAE. There's the Formula Regional Middle East, 270 horsepower. And there's a Formula Regional Oceana down in New Zealand. All those kicked off. They're all five weekends, three races of thing. So there's 15 races running through um, January and February, all three of these championships. And I said there's 90 kids out there. Now, they're only there because their parents or their parents' friends have paid for it. And it's, it's not blaming motorsport that women aren't in it, you know. It's the parents or the daughters don't want to do it, you know. You can't force parents to force their girls to go out and do, be single-seater racing drivers. So all these kids are out there because daddy or daddy's friends are paying for it. It's as simple as that to get into motorsport. Anyway, after that quick soapbox... Um, uh, the UAE, the Formula, the best series is probably the UAE Formula 4s, with, with 48 drivers in that championship alone. And all the races in Dubai or Kuwait or Abu Dhabi. Um, there's not many Brits in it. Again, not many women, not many girls, not many British drivers. There's only there's two, only, in fact, There's in only series. six women drivers out of the whole 90, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Four in, the four in the Formula 4 race and a couple in the, it, down it, in New Zealand. But I, but I get it. We spoke about this last week about women in motorsport and Typically, and this is only typically, you're you're going to encourage your daughter if you've got a few quid, or even if you haven't, to do something like hockey or yeah, horse riding or something. That's what you're typically going to we do. We can't force them. We can't force eight year old girls. You go to go kart. You can't yeah, force can, them. You can encourage them to do that. And but if yeah, the only time typically you would get your daughter to do it is if you have an interest in in the, the sport. And but the daughters normally go with the mum, and that's not always the case. And and uh, yeah. Following their footsteps, so it's 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 hard. It's a hard hard yeah. enough track, but um, we've we've got to go on merit. We've always said this: the meritocracy. Yeah. We've got yeah. to go on merit. Who's the best? Uh, put them in the best for the best drive. Um, so that's. But, but anyway, that's my little soapbox. I agree. And the star that came out of Formula Four, and <laughs> I think I don't want to be a racing commentator if if Hugo goes any further in life. 
Now, he's a McLaren junior. That's the way that you can get sponsors because there's also a Red Bull kid that won one of the races because if you do well in karting and you win championships, not just finish 10th and 12th and do well, you know, you can pick up these scholarships. He's a McLaren junior. And he's an interesting kid because he's, um, I think he's, he's an American. I wrote it down somewhere and I've lost it. Oh, that's right. He's got a Nigerian mother and an Italian father, but he's very much an American kid. He's obviously starred over in America, and he's got this the McLaren Jr. backing. His name is Hugo, Hugo Chukwu. Sorry, Hugo, pronouncing your name wrong, but that's how it reads. Hugo, Hugo Chukwu. And he did came over the first time to Europe. He did British Formula 3, Formula 4 last year, and he finished third in that championship. Anyway, he won two of the races. Uh, obviously, an incredible talent coming up through the ranks. And the, the other winner was uh, actually running on a British licence. I think these were so mixed up nowadays with our nationalities. Now, Arvid Lindblad, who's an half Indian, half Swede, but now races for Brit. So he's British, according to the, the, the intro, but he's actually got an Indian and a Swedish parent. And he's got a Red Bull scholarship. So he's obviously one of the Red Bulls. So these are the names that are now down in Formula 4. This is where girls should be. If girls were good enough in karting, they would be the Hugo or the Arvid winning Formula 4 UAE in January and maybe becoming a superstar of the future. So, yeah, 48 drivers. The only other Brit was um, Alex Dunn, a very talented British driver, but he uh, didn't have a good weekend. Then the Formula Regional Middle East Championship. Um, Swede Dino Berganovic won one race and Harry Boyer won another and Nikhil Bora, no Brits. The only Brit we got was Taylor Barnard in that. Lady Neat didn't do so well. Then down in New Zealand, two, two girls out there, Chloe Chambers, American girl, and uh, Brianna Morris, a New Zealand girl, who won a regional championship. So she won a Formula 4 championship, but didn't none of these girls managed to scare the podium. Um, Anyone and a couple of Kiwis won. No, no. One interesting thing, it's funny how you can suddenly be a star. Because one of the, these kids get around the world with these parents' money. Because David Morales, that's been doing GB3 in England, I think, for two years. Uh, and last year, I mean, he, he finished 22nd in GB3. So you think, Dad, you're wasting your money. But he won one of the races out in New Zealand. It was only 50. It's a 15-car field, but he won but one of the races. Look He's got the James, Kiwi hot shots. Look at James Cook in the in the Caterham racing. He was always there or thereabouts, but he won a race. And it just, uh, all, all the everything, all the moons aligned for him. And he won a race yep. in, in my class, in my category. And he would never put him down as a race winner. Nope. But um, he didn't, he was always there, but he, he was never sort of a, a race winner setting yeah. lap records or anything. But it's uh, the other two races, you know, won by Kiwi locals. Josh Mason's the only Brit out there. But again, you know, it's a, they're kids 15, 16 years old, swanning around the world. And it Nothing. costs a lot, a lot of money. I'd hate to think what a five weekend budget in, in uh, the Middle East for a kid. Got to be a father's got to go with you, a parent, someone's got to look after you, haven't they? Of course. And, and running the team must be a sort of 100,000, pounds budget to do that series. I'm no and idea. And they're not going to travel in economy like you and I, like the peasants that we are. <laughs> anyway, it's fascinating. it's fascinating that there are, you know, there are 90 young drivers every weekend for the next five weekends racing right. around absolutely, the world. Absolutely incredible. Good for them. Um, right. Can we move on, please, to uh, the Dubai 24 hours? Um, yeah, Dubai, that went round and round. GT3s. Um, three cars went round and round and round. Yeah. Did you it was one, it was, a, it was a GT3 is a top class. There's 53, there's five classes. They've even got front wheel drive um, TCR, the, the world touring car race. It's a funny sort of race. I think one of the, it's one of the ones where you fuel out the back of the pits, I think. 
there's no fuelie in the pits. You have to drive around the back and get topped up in a garage. And uh, yeah, BMW won it, Porsche second, BMW third, Porsche fourth, Audi fifth, Porsche sixth, uh, best Mercedes eighth. Very much a German dominated sort of series this 24 hours. There's only one Ferrari, I think, in the entry, one McLaren. So actually, it's quite interesting. That, oh, I'm going to cough. Where's my microphone? I'm going to I need to cough. I've got it. I've got a tickly throat. <laughs> I cough. Um, yeah, that's because you're drinking alcohol. See, I hope you hey, Cheers. Sorry. Yeah, cheers. Oh, oh just oh, nice red. Oh. Well, I, mm. I can top trump mm. your alcohol. Look oh. at this. This is, this is our, uh, our host from Audi, and uh, you can keep all the alcohol. Look at the divine host we've had from Audi, and it's her birthday today, just celebrating the lovely Madeleine's birthday. So you're having an orange juice celebration. <laughs> we, we did. We have oh. mocktails. <laughs> oh. But now that TCR car, the, the winner of the TCR car, it was the Audi RS3. Good news for Audi. Go tell them quick. Get the party going again. Oh, that's Audi won the TCR round. So the, the fastest, they're, they're 12 seconds a lap slower than the GT3 leaders. So you were 60 laps down by the end of the race. And this, they, they, meant they got lapped every 10 laps, the same guy. So the winner of the TCR was lapped every 10 laps. But I love that. That's old-fashioned Le Mans, old-fashioned Daytona. That's just old-fashioned 24-hour racing where, you know, you have this huge discrepancy in, in the fastest cars and the slowest cars. That's great. Wonderful sort of, you know, amateur, semi-pro. A lot of new mirrors, a lot of dodging cars uh, when it's like that. Um, yep. Next weekend, World Rally. In fact, this less is this week, isn't it? World Rally. It's coming up, starting yeah. 7.05 p.m. Thursday night, the Monte Carlo Rally to Monte Carlo or bust. Um, absolutely wonderful. Again, you know, it's going to be so exciting. But... It's sad. There's only ten cars, you know, in the in the top class, ten potential winners. Well, like nine. When I when I tell you about the tenth, you know he won't be winning. Um, Toyota got four cars: Robin Perra, Alfred Evans, Ogier, who's not doing the whole season. Sebastian Ogier, and uh, of course their Japanese boy Takamoto Katsuta. Um, Hyundai have got three cars: Thierry Nouvelle oh, and Daniel Sordo. Hyundai, haven't you not Hyundai seen Hyundai now? Oh, I don't change. On the TV adverts, they're calling Skoda, Skoda, Skoda now. I don't know. Um, the, the, yes, that's Newville, Sordo, and Escabacalapi, the Finn. I'm so Whereas glad Ford, the big Ford now have got Octanak. So he's the guy that's come out of Hyundai, uh, the Estonian former champion. So that's really interesting for Ford. Because Ford won Monte Carlo last year with Sebastian Loeb, but then, of course, had a pretty average rest of the year and got worse and worse as the season went on. So Tanak's back. So that's the big story. Can Tanak take the Ford back to the glory days? Uh, he's got a French co-driver, Pierre-Louis Loubet. Louis Loubet. Louis 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 um, But the, the third driver of Ford, you might not have heard this name. Um, he's called Jordan Sederitidis. He's a Greek driver. He's not exactly an up-and-coming young young star because he's actually uh, 58 years old. Wow. Um, but he's obviously a very, very well, wealthy Greek pro. He's actually done World Rally Championship for 10 years as a privateer. So he's decided, well, I'll, I'm, I'm going to buy myself a proper car for one weekend at least a year. So I'm all up. I, mean, I think it's fantastic when you get people like this. Have a go. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting of course, to see how how far off the pace he is, because he is going to be a long way off the pace. Yeah. So it's a 10, 10 uh, uh, class one cars. 
but of course, the RC2, very competitive. Be great to watch that. They're often, they always finish in the top 10 towards the end. And we've got Chris Ingram, the British driver in that. He was, was seventh in Monte Carlo last year, RC2, and uh, seventh overall championship. But the sad thing, we've got Chris Ingram and we've got Alfred Evans. And those are the only two drivers out of 75 entries. When do you think Monte Carlo used to be half Brits? I mean, we almost invented Monte Carlo and Bust. So, yes, I mean, the rally world, I think, you know, the British Championship is quite small. Gus Greensmith um, is out of the Ford now, and he's, he's actually going to come back to WRC2. I think he's debuting in Mexico in a Skoda, Skoda, Skoda. But, yeah, I think there's no money for young British drivers. You don't have a rally GP anymore. Um, and, you know, I can't see the next, this Chris Ingram can, you know, really turn things up. Or we've got a guy in WRC2, Alexander, who was doing well last year. So it's a shame, not a lot of British interest, but obviously spectacular filming. Yeah. Another thing to note next weekend, you walked out was the Daytona test. And this is, of course, is the first time we're seeing these new uh, Porsche and BMW cars. This is the half. The World Championship includes LMH, with hybrids like Toyota and Persia, and also LMDH, which is the American formula, which they call GTP. It's very confusing in the sports car world. So on the testing, we've got these new cars from Porsche, Cadillac, Acura, which is Honda, and BMW. Um, they'll be racing on their own at Daytona. And then at Sebring, they'll be mixing with the Toyotas, Peugeots, and Ferrari, of course, uh, when the whole world sports cars. It's a new, exciting world of sports cars. And it's they really won't be too of... much away next weekend, though, will they? It'll be interesting to see it half begins. And these are the great days of, you know, buying a Porsche 956 or 962. You know, these Porsches... You know, that's the idea. There'll be customer cars you can buy, like the good old days, and a private team can go out and compete for, for world championships. So, why, why aren't we rich? Why can't we do these sort of things? Buy nice cars and go in the Dakar rally and it's your job, it. your job, you're in charge of finances. I'm an absolute that's a disaster. <laughs> that. that is a disaster. Uh, right, I'm gonna leave you with that. Look at that Dakar Tiff lanyard. It's my lanyard. Yeah, I'll leave you with this. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Thanks for joining. Cheers, everyone. All of us. <laughs>